This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yayo, yayo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That's the voice of grandmaster hoop coming at you from the hot seat and we're coming at you with the latest episode of moon night that's right everybody we're here to deep dive episode five of marvel's hit series on disney plus moon night and boy oh boy after the wild and crazy episode of episode four here we are in episode five where things get a little more crazier but we get some much needed answers to satisfy our filling. But with me, as always, is Dr. Jace Attorney. Dr. Jace Attorney, how'd you feel about latest and greatest from Moon Knight? The latest and greatest. It is indeed quite the latest and greatest episode of Moon Knight. You could say it's akin to a certain vegetable. I'll let you take it from there. Oh. But, um, oh God, this episode was fantastic uh i i mean we'll we'll deep dive it as we go along but i think it's even better than last week's episode and i think we're on track for it to be the best marvel series i don't know we'll see we'll see, <coughs> we'll see. <laughs> we shall see we got one more episode after this but damn what a way to set up the finale for next week because i'm excited i have a lot of great things to say about this episode but yes i'm here for new night very well spoken well we are not alone in our journey uh into the duat and talk about moon night Let's hear what supernovas will be joining us in the duot to discuss Moon Knight. Who's that dork? It's Dars. All right, let's get into this. All right, I'm just gonna today. This is uh, an honor. This trinamic trio, just like how you thought that Mark had three personalities, we're finding out that it's not as many personalities as you may say. Listen, if we're talking about who called what the last couple weeks i straight up said that this personality bit with mark and steven was likely created before he met Conchu. and bam, the onion was peeled would you describe it as an onion grandmaster i would describe it as an onion there are a lot of layers here and this episode peeled back a lot of layers pertaining to mark and Steven, and we took a big bite out of this succulent onion. I don't know if you want to call it a red onion, a white onion, a sweet onion. Whatever onions were from holes, that's what it is. Funny enough, the children and I just read holes. 
So, Ooh. right. I got my Sam hat, but listen, I'm digressing. Listen, as we talk about this episode, I want, I just want to put this in y'all's heads. Okay. The episode uh, is titled, I, I, I watched it twice. I watched it twice. Okay. I don't blame so first, you. It's a great episode. I, I, I had time. I had time. First of all, the episode is titled Asylum. Okay. okay. And Asylum can be, can have two meanings. All right. I'm going to throw these meanings out at you. Bro, lay it on. One can seek asylum, you know, and that's usually pertaining from one fleeing a country for whether it's safety or protection. All right. So one can seek asylum. And then two, an asylum, of course, is an institution that offers shelter and support to predominantly the mentally ill. Okay. And I'm just going to say this, that, that that is the perfect title for this episode. And I'm going to, as we continue talking about, I'm going to keep relaying it back to those definitions. All right. But the other big thing here that this episode sets up, and this is in the beginning of the episode with uh, his back and forth with Harrow, is the organizing principle. See, I took I took really good notes on this episode. Ooh, psychoanalysis. It is Look a thing. And that is my big thing that I like about Moon Knight is it is a psychological thriller, okay? The organizing principle is when the struggling mind builds places to seek shelter from different aspects of the self from our most traumatic memories. So we will cycle back to all this stuff. I'm laying those three themes on the table and let's roll with it. So yes, we're coming off of last week's episode, the great cliffhanger of uh, Tower Ret, as Darce has featured in his background. And as we uh done our own research, Tarawet is yes, the like goddess of fertility and children and motherhood. And she's here to guide them to the afterlife. The afterlife, it is confirmed. They are dead. They are definitely dead. Also, it is so cool that they confirmed that there's multiple ways to the afterlife. Like, I love that they threw that in there, that they're like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of different planes that lead you to the different realms of afterlife and i'm like wow wow did they just like coexist all like religions into like one line in one marvel tv show <laughs> like that was kind of crazy i mean that's kind of already how i like to think about religion i don't want to get too religious but i like to think yeah get to a point and they're like who do you want to talk to <laughs> and then it's like yeah, all right talk to zeus God, zeus is down the hall to the left Right. Then it's like, well, if you're still a bad person, you're still going to go to the equivalent of a bad place. So, you know, but yes, I, I am glad that they did bring that up just for the sole fact. And this was always something I had in the back of my head when I was watching just the MCU in general. I never thought they would address it, but it was the question of, well, um, if. If someone who is overly religious, like, 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 let's say the Westboro Baptist Church, right? <laughs> they are looking up in the sky and they see Thanos coming down with the Infinity Gauntlet. Wouldn't that throw their entire religion into question, right? But you could say, well, no, it doesn't. Because again, like what Tal Red said in this, uh, in this episode, 
there's still technically an afterlife for each and every religion, despite all the shenanigans that go on outside the universe. You got the Eternals going on. You got um, Thanos. I mean, Thanos is over and done with, but you guys get what I mean. You got these multiversal um, artifacts and, and gems and stones, whatever, going around the universe, but there's still an afterlife uh, tailored to each religion. I think that's kind of cool. Um, well, it's I just cool because we've already seen an afterlife and they've directly referred to the one the that we've seen, plane. the ancestral plane, which funny enough, Bast, the panther goddess. Bast, that's the name of it. I was trying Bast. to think it was the last Yes, Bast is, <laughs> a, Bast, Bast is part of the Egyptian pantheon. They worship. Right. Oh. There, um, when they were doing the um, tribal council or whatever the council was, for no, I don't think boss. Oh, well, there was an African. I don't know if it was representing boss. There was an um, icon in front of it. I will say this, though. Boss has been casted in Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Um, Ooh, so that's a god? Boss? That's goddess. Goddess. Boss. Goddess. Boss okay. is the panther goddess. Yes. Okay. That is who they worship. Now, with that said, that's not necessarily a good thing to be uh, casted in. Uh, love and thunder because gore the god butcher is supposed to just wreck some havoc on some gods so we might just see boss get shredded up uh -oh. who knows but you know towerettes here and uh it really just sets up the philosophical spiritual journey these two gotta go on uh as again i, I took a lot of quotes from this break down the wall between Mark and Steven to balance out this scale of justice, which seems like a better scale than uh, your boy Arthur's scale. It seems more fair. Um, bit, yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing that Arthur was trying to relate to him. He's like, your, your scales are not balanced. There's chaos inside of you. That's why he couldn't make a judgment on Steven and Mark when he did that whole like thing in the, in the first episode. So, it's kind of interesting that like they still weren't able to balance the scales until. Well, but with that said, though, they did reveal that Arthur's meddling was pre, uh, you know, it was before people's times. It was disturbing the underworld because we saw those people falling out of the sky with the purple. Right. And those are Arthur's people he was judging. He was not supposed to be judging those people at those times. So it was throwing them out of a loop. On Earth. Huh? That's what's going on right now on Earth. That's what I'm saying. He's not supposed to be doing that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 yeah he's throwing off things. So that's another nice little tidbit there. But um, goodness, we are thrown into, you know, they got it's it's a race against time. They gotta figure out their shit or face. You know, the duat, which is the underworld, the frozen sands. You can't be on the boat forever. So says Towerette. They got to get off. They got to figure out their shit. And they take us back to the earliest parts of where this stuff started really happening. And uh, I wasn't expecting them to take us here. But here we are. We are looking at Mark's childhood. And we learn of a great tragedy of his brother. But on top of that, the fallout and the response of the mother was probably the 
what what was y'all's take when we learned of you know that's pretty traumatizing emotional roller coaster yeah total sense it makes total sense why he created that alternate right like traumatic memory and then not wanting to deal with it like that scene where he was in the room and the mom was banging on the door and he just like all right steven take over that's like the creation of that alternate inside of him so that he can escape into an asylum oh and so i think that that was just i'm not gonna lie this was definitely my favorite episode for moon knight is it better than WandaVision? No, but I mean, this episode definitely was. Um, it was so like refreshing to see kind of like that take of it all. You know, like I, I really wish Dr. Rico was on here because she gives so much great insight. But um, this just this episode was I, I felt the emotional pain like Oscar, Oscar Isaac does such a great job, you know, like his acting and all that stuff like. It was so good, but um, yeah, I I really enjoyed how that kind of was played out. Um, I feel bad for the kid. Um, for me personally, it kind of brought me into a place where like, there was one moment where me and my little brother were playing around and I put him in a very life-threatening situation. And I'm very mm-hmm. grateful that he survived that situation. But I'm like, man, like how crazy would it have been if things didn't go the right way. And um, like, how would the mom react? You know, like how, like how would my mom would have reacted? You know, like that's kind of crazy that, and I shouldn't be using the word crazy so often, but it's kind of bananas that like, that has been kind of going on inside of Mark and that he had to like compress himself into like divide himself into, all right, I have to take on the moments of pain and anxiety and stress and i'm going to create an alternate that can enjoy the good moments and have the happy childhood and have moments where that person can relive so it's kind of it's kind of nuts to think about but then also very interesting to think that all of the moments that he had with layla were not moments that steven had with layla it was moments that mark had with layla I think it's because Mark is starting to figure out that like I do deserve happiness and I do deserve to be in moments of good and like be with Layla. I will say um, I did not see the direction that that flashback was going in. Um, I thought it was going to be, you know, because usually, especially with a Marvel property, a Disney property, um, something as traumatic as, you know, uh mark losing his little brother due to uh him taking him out into the caves wilderness whatever um i thought it was going to go more so in the direction of uh you know um and again this is just me remembering oh yeah this is marvel they're they're not going to go in some dark direction but i thought it was going to go where maybe the mom was uh grieving over you know roro the little brother uh, but I didn't think she was ever going to blame Mark for I just thought it was going to be a grieving mother at the loss of her child, does not know how to cope with that grief, still loves her remaining child. But again, that grief over losing just one offspring is um, is traumatic. And then I thought eventually it was going to tear the family apart. But, you know, we've seen that a little bit time and time again before whenever it comes to backstories like this in a way. When... <laughs> 
when I saw that nasty look she gave Mark when he came running in or when he was uh, having his birthday cake, I could not believe this was the MCU. I could not believe this was Disney. <laughs> when she broke down the door and beat his ass with the belt. Um, be in verbally tirated the kid too. Mentally, physically, like I, I couldn't believe it. And to me, that's what made this episode all the more great in its trauma. Um, just because I've never seen this before in a character, especially in a, a Marvel character at that, tied to Disney. And it made me feel for Mark even more because now I understand, wow, he was so traumatized that he he regressed his mind. He regressed his own personality, his own alter into the back of his mind and created a new one. He created Steven. And it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was fantastic the way. I mean, obviously, it's sad. It, it's, it's it's very uh, unfortunate that the character went through that. But, um, oh, gosh, I, I just I. I low-key kind of teared up at certain points. I, I don't know. I'm just saying it was it was sad. No, for sure. It. For I, sure. The, the whole family suffered. And it's like they all, you know, kind of coped differently. You know, the mother, you know, she's there's there's no excuse to beat your child or abuse your child. However, it's like I can't say like you can't dictate how one is supposed to respond is all I'm saying, you know, like right. there's because she does that. Mark, you know, goes into a cradle and creates a new alternate for himself. And then the dad is the one who's trying to hold the family together. Like he's he doesn't get best. enough credit, but here he is dealing with a grieving wife who's in constant grieving and suffering. And here he has a has a son who blames himself, too. And, you know. And he's also grieving too, because he right. Every everybody's grieving, and this whole situation is terrible. But I think the really, you know, cool layer is that as you know, as Darsh just relayed back to my earlier thought, you seek shelter, and I think, and I, I again, I like little details. You know, the what is it? The Stephen Grant. It's a uh, oh, have no fear when when danger is near. Uh, Stephen Grant has no fear. Yes. And that's what happened is that Mark was genuinely scared and he knew he was in quote unquote danger and he resorts back to Stephen Grant. And again, it's not like he chose Stephen out of his psych. He already was pretending to be Stephen Grant in his psychic roster with his little brother. So, you know, the mind naturally just picked that out of his, you know, of his treasure trove of memories ah. and was like, Oh wait, yeah. I thought little brother was Stephen Grant. Either way, the fact that they were pretending as ch children to right. be Stephen Grant, it was just like the mind was like, oh "My God, we gotta get something. We gotta get something. Oh, what's gonna and, work? What's gonna work?" And, and I liked how they flipped the script on how you perceive the character because, like, for the like uh, for the first four episodes, we've seen Stephen and Mark. We've always perceived mark as the brave badass that knows how to fight and handle a situation and we viewed steve for the most part as like you know the the very calm timid somewhat afraid of you know to get into altercations uh, type of character but then when you look into mark's backstory this is probably one of the few times he felt weak he felt powerless and he was a he was genuinely afraid of what was going to happen to him and in that sense he created steve a person 
who is in a way uh, cowardly in the beginning, he created that altar so that he could combat the fear that he did not want to deal with, which of course was the trauma he experienced with his mother. I, I thought that was fantastic. Yes. No, that's a, that's a beautiful layer. Steven was created out of fear and openly acts cowardly, but in doing so his whole creation was purposeful in that he was trying to be brave, you know, how well, to face your fears. The way that I also took it was like, I thought it was the little brother, Roro, that pretended to be Stephen Grant. And when he went into, like, when, when he was not wanting to deal with the situation and he, like, had Stephen come out, I thought that in a way that was, like, him keeping on, like, the memory of his brother throughout his life. So that way he didn't have to deal with the fact that he didn't have his brother in his life, that his brother was still kind of a part of him, where it was kind of like, okay, I kind of want to disappear from this. Now I want to let Roro take over or Steven take over because that's kind of like the one that mom liked, you know, that's the one that mom missed. So if I can just give her like a semblance of that, that's why I thought when he was like, oh my goodness, look at this room. It's a total disaster. I'll have to pick it up. And like trying to pick up all like the stuff from like all this. I thought that was like him channeling his little brother more than him channeling a different alternate. You know what I mean? Unless, I mean, I could be totally wrong in that theory, but I feel like in a way of grieving, it's like trying to take on like the memory of that person taking it on for yourself. I feel like you could probably mix some of that in there too. Um, you know, obviously depending on who was the one playing Dr. Grant during their little play times uh, together. Right. And um, also, I, I think, was it episode uh, four where we got like a little spoof of like the real Dr. Grant? Yeah, the, the, with, what they were watching, yeah. Did, did, was, did, did that person have a British accent? Yeah, he had a British, that's why they okay. did the British accent. Okay, right. right, right. Yeah, I feel like you can interpret it in a lot of ways. Um, well, one thing that didn't click, and again, it kind, I, I, saw, I took to Twitter to find out if I was the only one that missed this part and apparently it's a potential theory uh thing that's going on but so steven i'm sorry mark created steven to avoid the trauma that his mother would inflict on him but steven doesn't ever remember his mother being abusive no so some people are saying well in those moments when uh steve uh mark's mother would beat him did steven also create an altar to escape that fear because i mean steven doesn't remember any of it but mark created him to uh, uh, you know escape from that so why doesn't steven remember how his mother <clears throat> really was if, if he was the one that was present during these moments it's well, almost that like that's why i think it's his little brother he's trying to channel his little brother the, the one that the mom wanted so that way the mom can console him you know it can be like oh my goodness honey you're back like try like it could be like a mental traumatic situation that both of them shared because steven has positive memories of his mom steven has memories of him talking with her on the phone every single day you know and it, i mean it could also be a form of steven's escapism that he's and i think that's kind of what they were also alluding to when he was talking to dr harrow 
and he was looking at the phone and he's like, no, my mom, she doesn't want to pick up. She's not going to, she hates telemarketers. Like she's not going to do it. And then he's like, okay, I have her here on the phone. Do you want to talk to her? And he looks at it and he's like, no, because my mom is dead. I think in a way he was mentally blocking that out himself. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And that's why I can't, I don't really get behind the channeling the brother. Because why would you want to channel your brother to get severely beaten by your mom, you know? Right. Like, I just look, I take it as it is what it is. It's escapism from the traumatic experience. Steven takes the physical brute of the force, but he only remembers, right? He preserves the good memories of the mother inside. Okay, the so reason it's still why him present during the right. Like, you're you're not of the party that thinks Stephen created an altar to take the beatings on top of Mark. Oh right. no, I mean he could have, he could have with the whole theory of the third. I I, I just okay. don't, I don't think it's channeling the his younger brother. I think that would, you know, kind of defeat the purpose. But also Stephen doesn't have any memories of the brother either, because if you have the memories of the brother. You have to know what happened to the brother, which Stephen had no idea about. Right. right. So, and also, I I can't get behind that. Mark would be like, "Oh, I want my little brother to get beat by." Well, mom. That's the, I think it's him channeling his little brother to get beat. I think it's like, I'm gonna channel my little brother to be here with mom, because we don't we don't see what happens. We don't see what happens if the mom goes and like actually whips him and beats him or if it's like oh she, no, she, does. she definitely whips she does. and beats him yeah you, i, I had the, the subtitles bell. on and it shows it's a, it shows the crap yeah, no the, there ain't there ain't no cons consultation here she straight up whoops. she said this is mark he gonna get it he <laughs> took my row row i'm he gonna get it uh so but you know of course you can look at it and interpret it many ways but i think the the simple matter of the fact is this was the birth of steven and now steven is an active player in the life of mark uh and i guess you know mark was able to control steven at a point and then we see Shit, the point a where right where he cannot control it and that's with right and that's with the mother's death when he comes to terms with his mother's death that now that he doesn't it's kind of like um how do you say uh <laughs> you ever see that movie click with adam, adam sandler click. yes uh you know how there would be certain points that would happen that he already fast forwarded to where the remote automatically fast forwards it right so it was like oh here's another traumatic experience to where steven just comes out oh, versus okay, right him turning steven on and then at that point that's when Mark says now they have the back and forth where, you know, Stephen comes out when Mark is about to experience or the aftermath of Mark experiencing something traumatic, you know, layers yeah. uh, like an onion, very much like an onion. Um, but here we are given another flashback too of the birth of Moon Knight. Uh, oh, roll credits. They said it. They said it. We can leave. We don't we gotta leave. watch. You don't have to watch anymore. the final episode. They said Moon Knight. Um, I don't know. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions still here regarding. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing I got from it is uh, Bushman, his partner, aka you know, he? 
Who is he? Him? Oh, no. Did, did we see him in the bodies or no? He was Bushman's alive. Okay. Whoever this Bushman character is, he's alive. Um, but did y'all have any thoughts about the birth of Moon Knight and the mystery behind it? Could this be the third personality, the third altar? Who's the third, uh, third altar? Who killed all these people who executed him? It was Mark that did it. So you're still on the side it's Mark. Yeah, because I think even Mark even comes out and he openly admits like, yeah, we yeah. were here. We killed all these people. Layla's dad was in there. Um, I was trying to save them, but, you know. Right. I didn't save them all. Right, right. And I mean, I'm not going to criticize it too much, but like, you know, the origins of like how he came across Moon Knight is a little contrived. Like, you know, we, we see it in a lot of <laughs> these superhero <laughs> origin movies. Like, you're on the brink of death. You're crawling. You fall into a hole or in this case, an Egyptian tomb there just happens to be a tomb right here in the middle of the test oh god i'm stumbling oh. accurate to moon knight though you know like he was on the brink of death and right it's uh i mean i, I just find it hilarious like oh okay of course yeah there's the there's a mythical uh pyramid or not the pyramid the mythical statue oh the the god of walk through central park and then conscious like here's a good human no no i'm again i'm not that's why i'm not harping on it like as a major criticism i i just noticed that i'm like uh, okay whatever it's it's your typical <laughs> superhero origin um what just about is if he needs a new avatar to like you know spirit away what happened to the avatar like because he was in dr harrow before like where is you know like why wasn't harrow there what did harrow do to get him out and then also like why was he trapped or in that temple and not in whatever avatar came after harrow well, well we i don't, don't think know that there was wasn't an avatar after harrow he was or right. as far as we know and the right. thing is we don't know if necessarily Kanshu was trapped i just see it more so as like those gods if they they're like they could be in multiple places all at once right so you know that was a statue of Kanshu. so i feel like Kanshu could just you know per, like project himself from that statue and be like oh hello fellow traveler while at the same time talking to someone else somewhere else because these are like omnipotent beings they pretty much confirm they're supernatural which i remember we had a debate a couple episodes ago on if these are like thor-like entities or eternal entities like you know from norse mythology or if these are a separate mythological um uh pantheon of characters they pretty much confirm these characters are separate from like your asgardians or your eternals you die you go to this plane of existence it's really like what we said earlier like uh, um a version of the ancestral plane in this case for egyptians which uh i mean the fact that they even acknowledge that i find it hilarious because that means if there's a cult somewhere that still believes in greek mythology <laughs> they're they're still talking to hades or <laughs> getting sent to the underworld the, the, the river well, sticks going down right <laughs> this is also kind of interesting because when he was looking two things when he was looking at the video that um dr grant was doing dr grant wasn't looking for egyptian gods he was looking for aztecan gods right so he's like, oh, look, here's the Aztec god of whatever or Olmec god of whatever. And it was, you know, like he was he was 
on the verge of that and they kind of hinted at it and i'm like well that's interesting why would they hint at a different cultures like gods or like religion or whatever but then also when they put Konshu in the ethan what is it called the little capture statue oh, thing. i don't know i think it's ubashanti yeah i, I yeah, don't know yeah. <clears throat> when when he put him in the ushanti he put him into the wall and there were 10 other like think ushantis there so i'm ushapti, here with a b ushapti i don't know how to pronounce it i found it though i found it all right so the the statues i'm just gonna call them the statues so those little statues he put them in the wall and that wall had about 10 of them in there but there's only nine egyptian gods so and some of them are still roaming free so it's like huh are there other gods that are out there kind of like using avatars as vessels and i mean they didn't they confirm well are you talking about yeah well as far as the egyptian gods go yes they are using people well, as vessels then but are um, there gods like, uh, yes. like other pantheons From, right other like, pantheons okay th that's dependent on you know if they need avatars because for example as guardians if they are on par if they're not up for debate they don't need avatars clearly um the uh the greeks we're gonna see them in thor uh yep. love and thunder don't think they need avatars nor have they needed avatars in the past you know, the, the whole thing is they sleep with mortal people. Um, and that's the but, thing, like, what's the line, you know? Right, like, what's, yeah. Right, because exactly. the fact that they're showing Zeus, we don't know yet if that's like uh, like an afterlife place that he's in or if that's just another dimension like, you know, Asgard is. Right. It To me, it seems everything kind of operates kind of on a linear. Uh, they all run parallel to each other and they they create their own intersections. But depending on how far you are away from, let's say Earth is down here, depending on how far away from you, that's where you might need an avatar to physically get there, you know, and act as your fist of justice. Huh? It could also be a cross-dimensional thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. The intersection you have to cross. Literally, oh. there's like planes you have to cross. I thought you meant and, like Guardians are in like a different planet and that's kind of far away from Earth. So they Well, you know... Are. they've been back and forth and here we are talking about like the greater marvel they've been back and forth as to what asgard is because at one point you can only get there from the bridge the bifrost and right. then in thor ragnarok they flew a ship there like you know <laughs> or they, they 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 boarded a ship and they just flew and then they ran into thanos so what what <laughs> is it a planet who knows but Wait, um they Yes, they boarded a ship yeah, and they the left end of Asgard. Ragnarok. Yeah. To go off of Asgard or to go on to Asgard? To leave Asgard. To leave. To leave. Right. Because it was getting destroyed. But well, that's what that I'm talking about. They left on a right. ship. They just went east or something and they just left Asgard instead of what they established before, which was you got to take the Bifrost to oh, leave and enter Asgard. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's my whole point. It seems they just doing whatever they want at this point. Let but them. I don't think Conchu was trapped this time around because you could see him. You know, it was not the same type of statue that he's oh, trapped wait, you in mean currently. When he, when he birthed Moon Knight, right? Oh, no. oh, okay, right. 
Yeah, no, he's def he's def he was definitely furry. He was just definitely chilling, waiting for someone to come be his fist of justice. So night. Um, but yeah, I think that is probably gonna be the one of the last few questions to cover up is what really went down at that execution because that's really up in the air still and i and you know with the third altar still looming about uh, i felt like they were going to allude to it a little bit well times we'll save it but there is one here no we could talk about it all right there's a scene where he's talking across dr harrow and i know you what know, you're talking about yeah i think i i, I know twitter Go was going in on Go this ahead. scene they're like um yeah he really did have a slight different accent it was almost like a northeastern american accent kind of like bostonian or new yorker and it's when he had picked up the glass and he was about to stab arthur he's like you're not a real doctor like what you what, what's going on here you're like uh Oh man, I wish I could recite what he said. I know but, what and, you're talking about. Yeah, is it where he it, grabbed like the 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 glass award yes, thing that he yeah, had? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. In that moment, people are saying that's ne neither Stephen nor Mark because one, if you go back and watch that scene, he does have a different accent. It is not, you know, Stephen's British, and it is not Mark's normalized Oscar accent. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> uh, right. It's just Oscar Isaac talking this dude has a it, it's almost a lisp to it too go back and watch that scene and yeah. you might think that is the third altar who seems very on edge him. seems very on edge you know right because it doesn't even like even if you're ignoring the accent i i remember watching it and i was kind of taken aback because obviously it wasn't steven speaking but i assumed it was mark because mark was the only one that was well, I guess later on Steven came in too, but Mark was the main one always jumping back into Dr. Harrow's uh, you know, office. But when he said that line, I remember even watching, I'm like, that's kind of weird. That doesn't sound like something Mark would say, but I, I, I didn't question it. I didn't think like, oh, that must be the third altar. I, I did notice that it seemed almost out of character for Mark. Um, I, it, this could, that could have been the third personality. Uh, I don't know. It could be. Personality, if there is a third personality, I think is stuck in that sarcophagus, though. Which they did not go right. back to. They did not. But, you know, with that said, I I don't even know if we'll ever go back to it now because, well, given the well, ending of the episode, right? Uh, bigger implications going on. But here, final act, uh, they ran out of time. They ran and out of time. Now it's again this mummy movie where the dead are climbing back on board. And, you know, Mark's doing his best. And Steven, he's like, tell Steven to hide. And I really like that Steven stepped up here. Yeah. And you know what? It is the classic trope of when your favorite character gets A, backstory, and B, B's a hero. Captain Falcon's looking at me because I'm about to cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, do your best. They're being a hero, <laughs> and they have their big hero moment. Did you and actually he, cry? No, but I don't, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it now. I'm thinking about it now. Oh my god! And he says, he says, "You got this, Mark. You got this." But if I'm you. 
that means I've got this too. There we go. Oh my! It was a beautiful scene. From your eyes. It was a beautiful scene. I'll give you that. I was hyped up for Mark. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Steven, Steven. I was hyped up for Steven. That was, I was uh, hyped up for both of them. I was hyped up for both of them. Because yeah. I thought they were both going to come out of it. I, I mean, I, I don't know how Steven would get out of this, but I don't want to think Steven's dead yet. I mean, again, I don't know what way they're going to even try to save him or what convoluted plot point they're going to make up to potentially save him. But as of now, he is gone. Steven! I don't know what they're going to do to save him. Steven, turn the boat around. Mark was traumatized. He didn't want to. Oh, my God. And I loved it, too, because you, you kind of in a way they were kind of like brothers also. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, if and you I, want to talk about channeling the brother, you lost one brother, and he made a new one. He made a new one, and then Stephen. I think even uh, I, the goddess's name uh, Tarawet. Tarawet. She came in once she understood who Stephen and Mark were. She even said, "Oh, so like twins, right?" And then <laughs> I think Mark was once said, "No, nothing like twins." And Stephen was like, "No, yeah." Yeah, like like twins. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it was perfect. Mark, Mark, really? Mark just lost his brother. And God only knows what's in that sarcophagus still on that boat. Because he, he's technically still on the boat. Is is he on the boat? Yeah. he. he I thought he made it the to boat. the field. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. Right. On the boat. Right. Remember, you, if you're right. judged. And, you know, again, that's like... Um, the beauty behind the the sim symbolism of you know he did split his heart i guess because although he, it was uh fracturing his mind steven had a heart and and you know steven was his own person very separate from mark two different entities you know not a physical heart a metaphorical heart right right two two like souls a kingdom hearts oh heart. no 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 okay so ventus ventus being inside sora <laughs> But let's I, not do this. Aye, aye, aye. I thought that for sure that third personality, if there was one, was going to pop up and like be like, it's me. I'm here. Like, I'm here to help you guys out. Like, let me give you some other missing pieces of the puzzle. And then Tower White was going to like take out that heart, put it on the scale, and then that would be the balance. I thought that for sure was like the final closing of that scene. But it was kind of interesting to see that once Steven was gone, which I thought was like the good part of the scale, like once Steven was gone, the scales ended up being balanced out. And so like Mark was by himself was worthy, you know? Well, that, that's the thing I think Mark needs to realize is as Steven said in that moment, he said, you know, if I'm you, I got this. Steven should technically still be a part of Mark, you know? He's always with Mark. He's a he's from Mark's creation. You know, right. he's a right. part of Mark. This now, you know, this whole journey they're on is, you know, psychological in nature, but also philosophical. But he just had to come to terms with his trauma. He had to confront these are memories he did not ever. He buried them, you know, and he buried he pretty much buried them inside steven and that's why steven doesn't know about him and that's why mark was like you don't need to go back there we don't need to relive that you know this is mark facing 
the trauma that he's that has happened to him and how he's locked it up and buried and never really confronted it but you know as far as someone helping him along the way is steven this is let me refer back to one of the things i mentioned break down the walls between mark and steven although steven was made to combat the trauma it was wrong of mark to basically shut steven out of everything you know that's how i see it and so steven could be dead i think steven's still here i think steven's still here there's no way they got rid of him i refuse to believe it yeah right was steven like around during mark's life after he left home he was yes. always there but he never lapsed back into steven that's why they said when he went back to um his mother's funeral which he established happened like i think it was two months ago from from, from right. the start of this series um he said that's when you you started coming back again bleeding bleeding that's what he referred to it as um so and then i'm guessing it, it just started occurring more and more frequently which i imagine at that point that's when he left uh layla, layla. Yeah. yeah well that's what he said yeah thinking back he said i lost control and he couldn't control steven frequently coming back you know all willy-nilly right. you know yeah he couldn't deal with the trauma right and no exactly so and I mean, it, it is also very traumatic that like if he never got that closure with his mom that like she's gone and i'm never going to be able to really fully get that closure so I mean, it totally makes sense that steven pops out every once in a while yeah because steven it's like again steven was automatically uh triggered to come out at certain points especially involving his mother and that's right. why Steven, you know, hello, mom, you know, always calling the mom. And... Hey, okay. Right. So I like to think Steven's here still. We'll see come the finale, but we're already at the finale. That's we're already crazy. at the finale. And also, I think... very crazy that next Wednesday we get Moon Knight. And then right after that on Thursday, that's we get right. the other Steven. Steven Strange, right? Steven. They're, they're very good with their timing. They're very good. Yep. I always credit Marvel to being very good with when one show ends. Oh, the movie's out. Oh, the movie's over wow. for three weeks. Oh, the new show's out. Very good, Marvel. Very good. I wonder if my theory is correct that they're in a different universe or multiverse except that not every marvel property has to tie into mc hulk does not need to smash him from the ceiling and say quick <laughs> mark care. avengers assemble to something they Either don't way, need a different multiverse and then america chavez is going to open the door and no. he's gonna be, who are you the most you oh got was God. the mentioning of the ancestral plane and i think Which that's actually, all perfect perfect any other universe also, so could Madripoor because it's just a city. It can be crossed. Ah, Madripoor, right. That's but all you're going to get. And that's it. It's in you're, a different universe. I'm calling it now. Oh, I don't see a purpose of doing that. You know, just... Because this is the next phase of Marvel. I, I don't think it's the next phase of Marvel. All the other Marvel things that they announced are within this What universe. makes okay. Moon Knight? Portman is in the same universe as 
Love and what, Thunder. What makes <laughs> Moon Knight as successful at it as it is right now? It does not give a flying shit. <laughs> about tying back into the MCU. And again, this is what drew Oscar Isaac, which I believe he is carrying this series on his back gracefully. That's one of the reasons why on his back, he came in. He's like, what drew me to this series was that it was not entangled in this Marvel MCU mumbo jumbo. Clearly, it is in the MCU, but it is just preoccupied in telling the story of this brand new character that it that we most people have never heard about. You ask the average comic book person, the average MCU fanatic, they're gonna be like, "Moon Knight." I, I've never heard of him. Was he the one exactly. in Marvel's Ultimate Alliance? The, the dude from Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. <laughs> the dude from. <laughs> Well, shot exactly that they are focused on making sure or do we love this character are we invested in his powers his gimmicks his his uh, persona all that stuff and i got to attest to that because if you look back at the captain america first avenger thor iron man 2 those movies did not succeed as well or are not as highly rated because those movies did this thing where they tr- definitely tried to tie it back to everything else going on, which is why, you know, yes, what do you mean Phil Coulson is in all those movies? <laughs> like, he's, oh, that's what? right. Yeah, he is. Oh, in, okay. Uh, he's not in yeah. First Avenger, but he's in Thor in a role that he does not need to have. They don't. That's the whole thing that drew Marvel nerds together is because of the connection that each movie had with each other. And right, but they did that job already. We know this is an established shared universe. We don't necessarily need all these connectivity points. I'm done with this conversation. We're Moon Knight. Yes, I agree. I think Moon Knight does a fantastic job. And just standing alone, just standing on its own. And universe will i know i i highly (laughs) doubt it's his own i will let it i will eat my words if it's its own universe but i will send you known if if in the finale if hulk and captain america smash in to save steven dars is gonna say this is better than wandavision oh god i'm gonna text grandmaster and say you better eat up I I great. I guess I'm starving that night because I doubt, I doubt I doubt they're gonna they went all five episodes with no true huge reference to the greater MCU. I doubt they're gonna blow it on their finale and just be like, oh yeah, remember Wakanda Wakandans are here. Wakanda forever. No, Baku. that's the whole point is that we're not going to get anything at all at the end of the season good 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 Good. when multiverse of madness comes out we're going to see that moon knight or whenever they bring in these different characters that moon knight is going to be in a different dimension that's fine do that in dr strange Leave Moon Knight alone. I am enjoying this ride. When they release it, when I'm telling you right now, he's in a different universe. That that's fine because as long as it doesn't mess up the story right here, because I'm gonna say right now, this has been the most consistently, in my opinion, the most consistently good, yes, Marvel show. It can it, it may fumble on uh-uh. its finale, 
it and could fumble, fumble on the finale, right? And and, and I I want to hold my cards close to my chest on it because that's what Falcon and Winter Soldier did for oh, me. Oh, they were so and close. They were so close. The last two episode or episode and a half, <laughs> mid mid. Very very. The rest fantastic. I, I loved it. The first four episodes of Moon Knight for me were like. Eh. I don't know what this is about. I think I you came in with your preconceived Doctor Doom. <laughs> Where is Loki? I don't care about any of that. I had no idea what the heck was going on. And again, that's the point. No, that's they, the point. What is going on? Actually, Look, this this episode helped out a little bit. This episode helped out tremendously as far as giving backstory. Uh, yes. Things to look forward to in the finale. He is in the field of reeds, right. which is, you know, he was judged fairly. This is a paradise. Uh, we don't know what if Stephen is alive or if we'll see Stephen again. The third altar, which everybody's helping, that will show up. But um, this the it's 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 listed as a mini series. There's no guarantee of a season two. That means we got to get Conchu back. We got to beat Arthur. And I think it'll be pretty lackluster if we don't get to see Amit rise or, you know, I don't know. Right, yeah. All this buildup and we just see Moon Knight beat the shit out of Arthur. I don't think I, I would I feel be, like it would be a one-sided fight. It'd be a very one-sided fight. What's Arthur yes. going to do? Like throw the glass in his feet? Like sure. It's like, Mark, Mark, Mark. It's all in your head. And then... <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So I need more of that brutality that I saw in episode one. I need them bloody fists. The bloody fists. Right. Yes. Um, don't some give stabbing. me. Yeah. We don't... didn't even see the brutality. He just spaced out and he had a bloody fist. Fine. We need more stabbing like in episode three. There was brutality in episode one where you knew that demon was probably knocked out after the first punch. <laughs> but Mark kept saying no, you're eating tonight. And he can't eat conscious fist of justice. I just need a better fight scene than we got in episode three. You know, uh, that was the weirdly edited one where it was like Layla and Mark and he got the suit. There were some shots that were cool, but other ones was like, eh. if we're going to the finale, I just need one perfectly executed fight scene. We just need them to deliver. That's it. Every Marvel show in just one hour for that season finale. There is. There is. Wait, there's what? A lot, a lot. to cover. Yeah, there, there is a lot to cover. And that is a that is very problematic. That's to why go I'm like, into. Oh, I don't... right, right. But here's to them hoping they can do it. I have high hopes. Like, come on, deliver. But uh we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll see. But I think that we think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, um, we're good. But yeah, folks, um, thank you for joining in on tonight's podcast our, of the Yonko Table covering Moon Knight. Catch us next week for the finale. Is this your second altar? What's his accent? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is this Grandmaster? I do. I do I'm you, know, to? you know we do voices. Who are you? Uh, um, this is Joaquin Miles. Uh, oh boy so um yeah you know catch us next wednesday for the moon night finale and then also maybe thursday night friday morning or who knows catch us for our 
uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, deep dive. We'll be going straight into it after the movie premieres Thursday night. But without further ado, I'm Grandmaster Hoop. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you watch us on YouTube if you want to see our faces. Make sure you listen to us on your daily podcast listening stations, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, <laughs> go give a listen. Tell us what your thoughts are. Tell us what you think is going to happen in the finale. Tell us, do you think this will tie into the greater MCU? Is this its own universe? What do you think? Will the third altar finally appear? We want to hear from you. But hey, without further ado, I'm I almost said Dr. Jason Turney. I'm Grandmaster. <laughs> I'm Grandmaster Hoop. That's Dr. Jason Turney and Supernova Dars. Take care, folks.